JC Alvarado, how's life? Life's great right now. Loving it. Mexico. Yeah. My first, my first memory of Mexico was 1986. It was like the first time I watched the entire World Cup. My mum okay. let, let me watch everything. I think I was like 11 then, something like that. Uh, and I was absolutely captivated by Hugo Sanchez. Oh my back, God. The whole backflip I got and a Hugo Sanchez story. Tell me it. He stole my shirt. Hugo Sanchez stole yeah. your shirt? Yeah. Tell me more. I tell, tell me it more. every time anyone mentions his name because <laughs> I, want, I want people to know. I was, uh, he was my idol when, um, when I was a kid, obviously, because he was just fantastic. He's the best player we've ever had. Yeah. Um, growing up, I played from five till 18. I played very seriously. I wanted to become a professional. And one day, he, I was living in Texas, and... Um, he came to my town, his team came to my town, right. and, uh, and I was outside of the hotel with like this lucky shirt that I had under my jersey every time I played. It's him doing a bicycle kick, which wow. is his move. Wow. And, uh, and I go up to him and I say, hey, can you, can you sign this shirt? And, uh, and he looks at it and he looks back at me and like, I guess he'd never seen the shirt before and he just took it and like, got in his <laughs> no limo and way. left. <laughs> and I was like, Broke you know, they, they say never meet your heroes and like, that's exactly why. How old was you then? Uh, I must have been like, I was like old, old enough to like not be doing this, like right. 17 or something. <laughs> so you didn't burst out into tears No, I must then. have been like 17. So what was it like growing up in Mexico then? I, uh, you know, I grew up in uh, the UK, so. Yeah. Very safe, very even, 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 even the poor areas are quite affluent. I mean, uh, when I watched that World Cup and the build up to it, and that, there was a lot of worry at the time. I remember, and 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 it, it built this uh, this theory in my mind that Mexico was like impoverished and it was a very uh, difficult country to live in. Uh, what what was it like? So so that was I was one when that World Cup happened. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, I have no recollection. It was a year after. Um, the biggest earthquake we had um, up until recently. And I, ha I don't really know much about what Mexico was like back then because I moved out very young. Um, my mom was a single mother and chased the, you know, the American dream and like we moved uh, to the US. Um, to a border town, a little border town named McAllen, Texas. Originally, we moved to Brownsville, Texas, and uh, that's where we kind of got like started. I I was like maybe five years old, six years old, right? And I started doing um, schooling there, like preschool or kindergarten or whatever. Uh, my mom then got a job at the consulate, and we lived there till I was eighteen. So. Um, so yeah, I didn't get to grow up in Mexico, though Texas, that part of the border area of Texas might as well be Mexico. There's, everyone's Mexican. Yeah. We'd go across the border to the Mexican side all the time. And every summer, my mom really wanted me to like keep my roots. So she would send me to either my dad's or my, my aunt's or uncle's place and I'd spend the summer there. So um, Mexico, it was like very different for me because like most of the year I'd live in this little town in Texas, maybe a population of 100,000. And then in the summers I'd go to Mexico City and 
you know, my cousins were a little bit older than me and they'd just be out on the streets like free and like it was a crazy world for me to see when I was, you know, only nine, 10, 11, mm. um, all those years. But, um, but yeah, I was always very grounded to Mexico. So did you grow up with a, with a father figure rarely in your life and more of a mother figure? Yeah, just really just my mom and, uh, and my nanny. Like those are the two people who I grew up with. So two women in the house and me. I have the same situation with my boy. He's, uh, I divorced from his mom when he was nine, 10. Mm -hmm. and he's now 17. Okay. And I, I have a lot of guilt and shame around that area, not, not being able to be around him so much. And I often worry, how's he gonna turn out not having a father figure? Yeah. So how did you turn out not having a father figure, both plus and minus points? Um, I think, huh. I think fine. Obviously there's some stuff that's uh, important um, to have like both parents in your family. Um, but I never really like, since my dad was like pretty much out of the picture since I was born and I'd see him like every summer sometimes till I was like 15. Um, I never really thought about it, like never missed him or anything like that. Um, it was just always me and my mom and my mom did like, like an unbelievable job uh, in raising me by herself and, uh, you know, working so hard at it, because obviously it's not easy at all. Um, but yeah, I, like, I think she's proud with who she raised, um, at least I hope so. And um, yeah. I would guess that she did a pretty good job. <laughs> <laughs> I would guess that she did a pretty good job. Um, so you're younger, uh, Hugo Sanchez is one of your idols. Yeah. What was it you wanted to be when you were younger? When, you, when you, you're lying there in bed, looking at the stars, thinking about getting older, what career did you envisage having? Footballer, music? always. You were just always footballers. Yeah, always. Was it um, and then, like I had periods, so my two idols were, were Hugo Sanchez and Bruce Lee, okay. like, since I was a kid. So that was like my two passions, always football and martial arts. And really there was never any, I played all the sports at some point or another. Um, but those were my, those were my two that were always like remained constant since I was five till I grew up. Um, I got a, a little tired of playing football, uh, cause I just did it so, so much, um, when I was young that mm. when I like, when I realized the dream was done, I like basically quit and like never played it again, not even for fun. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the dream. So when the dream ends and reality kicks in and mm -hmm. you look around and you think, well, I need to bring some money in here. What was, your, what, was your, what was your thoughts around that, like in terms of going out, getting a job and that kind of thing? Yeah, so the dream ended pretty abruptly. Um, I was training in Mexico in a, like division two team and it was only like, I was only going there for the summer as a trial and like, I kind of started realizing, oh man, these guys are like, first of all, these guys, like this is their only shot, you know? Right. 
and they're way better than me. And I like tried to train really hard to get on their level. And then I had like a bad injury and I was just like, eh, I'm not, I'm not gonna get there. Like I think the, it set in at some point yeah. and I made the conscious decision. And then um, that was, I was 18. So, so it was like, you know, right out of high school, confusing moment for our, for anyone, I think. Yeah. Um, I didn't know, I wasn't particularly good in school, not good at all. I was a pretty bad student, um, didn't care for school, didn't care for studying. I started looking at options to go to university and it was like pretty difficult. Yeah, Because uh, yeah, I just didn't put in the work to get in. Um, then I started getting into, into the idea of filmmaking um, got really into that for a while and I went and applied to a city college in Los Angeles uh, and joined the film program and yeah I got a job like in between while I was trying tra trying to transition in, to, to college I got a job um, one was handing out newspapers on like the Mexican border it was like a, a Spanish newspaper and and for whatever reason, it paid really good for right. the time. And, uh, and I was just there with my friend. We'd wake up at five in the morning. We would go and hand out newspapers, like for free. Actually, like eventually we realized that we could just throw the newspapers away. And yeah, nobody would know. And no I one did would the know. Same. So yeah. like, we'd just have the day off. Yeah. And yeah, and then like, I started selling vitamins at the mall and got fired from that job. And right around that time is when I started playing poker. Um, it was right when the poker boom was happening. This must have been 2004. So it was like a year after Moneymaker, like right around Raymer time. Um, and I started playing with my friends and my paychecks. I would use them to buy books and DVDs. And, uh, and I started beating my friends. We'd play at, uh, we'd go to the IHOP that was open 24 hours and uh, they would have this deal where you pay like whatever and you'd get endless amount of food coming at you and, right, uh, right. and coffee. And we'd just stay there like the whole night um, playing poker. Like even the guys from the kitchen would come out and <laughs> join the game when they, when, it when they were off. And, uh, and I started like winning and it'd be like, okay, I won like 50 bucks today. I won a hundred or whatever. And and then I deposited online, started winning, and then and then went started college with a little bit of a bankroll, so I'd study. Um, that was the plan was to be a filmmaker. Mm. Um, I would study film, and then I'd go home like as soon as I was done with school, and I'd start playing. Right. right. Um, just like pretty much anyone's story my age that was around in America, you know. What, what, was the, what was the pull of the game then at the time? Was it, was it the money? Was it the camaraderie? What, what, what was it about poker that you fell in love with? Um, the gamble. Right. I, I, was, I already had a gambling problem, like pretty bad gambling problem when, when I was a teenager, uh, early in my teens. I was gambling at everything, like anything I could gamble at, like make up games like let's see if I could get this thing in that little tray or whatever and I'd gamble with anyone who would bet anything with me right 
Um, so when I found poker and I found that there was like an edge and that you can make money, I think I was immediately like, like super hooked on it. Um, Where did that come from, that gamble, do you think? Have you ever reflected on that? Um, yeah, so, so my grandmother, um, she's passed now, but uh, she grew up in the Mexican home game circuit okay. in like the 50s and 60s. Um, and she's like, I mean, the f I don't know how much of this is like, urban legend or like legends or just uh or real but my mom my uncles they all talk about like yeah your grandma like like left one day and then she lost the car or she won two cars <laughs> or like um you know she was playing like these crazy home games right. and um and she was she was a a crazy gambler like late into her life she lived in a ranch she was you know, barely mobile, and uh, and I'd like go to surprise her to the ranch to visit, and I'd show up, and she'd be like grinding sit and goes on stars, and uh, that's crazy. Yeah, and like she didn't, she was a little senile by the end, and but she'd like tell me hand histories of like hands she played and like a home game back and she was like, oh yes, and then the guy like bluffed me, and I like moved all in and whatever. Um, so, I, so yeah, she taught me how to play cards when I was, when I was young, and I think I always had that in me. And then um, one of my mom's boyfriends, when I was growing up, would take me to the dog track and like give me a bankroll uh, <laughs> to bet. And to me, it was like the most fun. Like I'd, I'd plan my weekend. Like all right, like I got to figure out like which dog wins this time. And um, I mean, I must have been like eight. And then um, my cousins love when I tell this story because like I went to Mexico one summer when I was like 13 and I was like starting to get into, you know, buying like nice clothes or whatever. Um, and I had the, the clothes that you buy in the U.S. is very uh, sought after in Mexico. Like okay. people from Mexico travel to the U.S. to go shopping. And, um, and I go and my Cousins had a pool table in one of their rooms, and all their friends who were like 16, 17, I was like 13, they just start like letting me win a little bit, let it, like letting me get good, and then they'd like take me, and I lost all of my clothes. Literally everything I had, um, they took all of it. And um, it was, I remember that was a big deal that summer, because, uh, Cause like of course I like just paid everyone my clothes and like my mom worked hard to get them and I had no concept of this yeah. and uh, and yeah I showed back up to to Texas and my mom's like what are you doing you know you're gambling everything away and blah 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 I worked so hard for it I felt so bad it was like my aunt had to go with my cousin's friends to try to get my clothes back right right. Yeah, it was a big deal. So, the, so I always had the bug. Like since I was a kid, I had the bug. When it when it comes to the bug, um, you know, thinking back over your life, could you share with us a time when the bug was at its most beautiful and the bug was at its most evil? The bug was at its most beautiful. I mean, the bug can't be beautiful, can it? Like, I mean, I guess it can. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, yeah, I used to gamble. I don't anymore. That'll tell you, that, yeah. you can work that one out yourself. Yeah. So for me, 
the bug has been both beautiful yeah. and destructive. Um, I imagine it's been the same for you somewhere along the line. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously I've had like the classic run it up stories of like, oh, I put way too much of my bankroll in a game and like won a bunch. And I've had the classic, I lost all the money stories. Um, I think the most beautiful part about the bug is that I'm here, right? Yeah, yeah so it worked like, out. Like, I had the bug when I was a teenager, hoped to play poker, and I'm in Korea playing these crazy high stakes games and like, you know, sometimes I'm just like looking around with that little bit of um, jet lag delirium and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> I was interviewing David Peters yesterday after he won and I couldn't get anything out of him because he was just so fucked. Yeah. And I'm thinking, how have you just managed to concentrate and yeah. actually win a million bucks? Yeah. And he hadn't even registered with him, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. So that's the beautiful part about the bug. It got me here, all the ups and downs. I mean, still, still, like right now, it's uh, some some stuff is super tough. But uh, but when I'm in these things, like, there's nowhere like better than that for me. Was there was there ever a time where you seriously contemplated walking away from it? Yeah, like recently. Yeah. Um, Recently was the first time that I was like, man, this is getting tough. It's getting tough. I don't know if I can cut it. Uh, I always had this confidence about, like, with me, where I was like, I can hang there with anyone. Like, when I was young and I started playing, I was like, I can, I was, I thought I was ahead of my time and I thought, like, I could beat everyone. Um, you know, at least in the tournament format. And now it's like, ooh, I kind of let it, things slip away a little bit. And I had a rough couple of years. And like, it's one of those things where like any decision you make, um, just ends up like, you're, you're like, okay, I think I'm making the right decision. And then it's just like, doesn't work out, doesn't work out, doesn't work out. And that's like a long time to just keep on having these things. And, um, Luckily, like, you know, I'm in a position where I have, like, close friends that, uh, that believe in me and, like, buy my action and stuff, and, and I, can, I can have some hope. Uh, I think I'm playing better, but I still got a ways to go to get as good as, like, the top five or ten guys. You said you let things slip away, so um, there's a bit of an assumption slipped in there that maybe you weren't working on your game yeah. as much. How much is that, and how much of it is that everybody else is just obviously are working very hard and are just excelling, like yeah. keeping pace with them? You know? Well, I took six months off of poker. That was the first one that I was like doing really well that year. Um, took six months off of poker came back and it's like the game's changing so fast now right um that i was like oh man like what's you know i had all the first of all like you don't even remember like what you were doing correctly six months ago so you got to like retrain that aspect and like sort of refresh all that and then when you do you realize you know there's more knowledge now and there's like people doing different things and you got to figure that out and um and, and then 
on top of that, like, you start running bad, like, as objective as I can be, like, at, at this, about my game, at the same time, I'm like, man, I've gotten super unlucky uh, in tons of huge spots and, like, just haven't ran good. Mm. And, uh, and then that affects your confidence and then you, you know, you start trailing downwards. And then this year I've started to pick up again and had a good year and, uh, and I feel okay about my game. I still think there's a lot to work on. Um, but, but yeah, like the thought creeps up about like, uh, maybe I should start looking for other options. And then I'm like, what am I, what else am I going to do? Like, I love this. <laughs> I love this. Like, this is, this is what I'm about. This is why, I, like, you know, I got into this to be around this stuff, like to get to this level. Like, why would I quit now? Um, like I, I know a lot of people who get burned out and they're like, they're like, yeah, I just don't have it in me anymore. And I'm like, man, I don't get it. Like anytime something like this, right now, I think especially there's a lot of like buzz around the poker world, especially the high stakes. At this stuff. level, yeah. Um, Triton's doing some really cool stuff. So, and you know, all the poker go stuff and the, the, the content that's being put out and like all this stuff is just so exciting. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in it for the long run. So that sounds okay. So you're 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 in the right place right now. You're in it for the long run. I mean, there were two things that I was going to cover anyway. So you know, let's dive let's dive in there right now. So, so your your purpose. Do you ever give any thought to your meaning and purpose? What is JC Alvarado on this planet to do? That type of stuff. No, like I really don't like. What am I here to do? Like sometimes I have these delusions of grandeur that I'm like, oh yeah, I should like make a difference or whatever. It's not gonna make a difference. I'm a degenerate gambler. Like, like, I can, like, my purpose, I hope that I get to a position where I can help the people that I love, the people that are close to me, the people that have helped me. Mm. Um, and that, like, that, I think that's, like, when I fantasize about, like, you know, my future, always, always, I think about, like, everyone that I think is part of my circle. And I'm like, yeah, well, everyone's gonna get taken care of. Um, uh, you know, that's my, that's my goal. Take and care of my mom, take care of my like, best friends, uh, do cool stuff with them, like help people out. I don't know, but like, but like going further than that and saying like, what, like if I have a purpose here, nah, just to enjoy the ride. And who are you uh, an inspiration to? Who am I an inspiration to? I don't know. Um, I, I have no idea. Like, like hopefully some young poker players, Mexican poker players. That's that would be awesome if I can like help that scene grow and help out poker in Mexico. I would love that. Um, I think I'm desperately in need of like a few good wins to start putting that that little Mexican flag at the top of the list everywhere and um, and yeah that'd be cool a, a cool like byproduct of, of success I think many Mexican poker players can be an inspiration to 
Mexican poker players, but at, to be elite and right at the top of the game, you're the only one there at the moment. So yeah. uh, how does that make you feel? Um, I take it with a grain of salt because like, just the scene's so little there that I don't, it's not like a huge accomplishment to, to get up to the top of the Mexican scene. I've been lucky that like, like a lot of the, there's a, there's a Mexican player that has uh, Angel Guillen who has like a bracelet. I don't have a bracelet. Um, I'm just lucky that I get to play the big stuff. And, uh, and in that sense, like I do think I'm the best in Mexico, obviously, but, uh, but yeah, I think what I would want is to help create like, like more elite players in, in, in Mexico. That'd be super cool. Because like the, like the, the Germans did it, right? Like the Germans, they had like a couple guys at first and then that trickle down effect happened. And then there was like this whole like new wave of like German kids that were coming out and dominating. Yeah. And it's happened in like a few countries I've seen. Um, and it's always, you know, it takes like one person sort of rising to the top and, and, uh, and helping the rest out, I think. Yeah. And that'd be cool. We're also, by the way, just as a side note, we're also very hindered by, uh, by legislation. So the online, with the online poker. Online poker is legal there, but it's not easy to do. Like, it's tough to get money on, in and out. Live tournaments are, like, pretty bad. Like, there's no real, it's, like, very gray area. Mm. It was illegal until very recently, and now, like, some people are starting to get in the market, but nothing big. And so, yeah, that would, if the laws change, that would be, you know, Okay, Super so cool. explain to me how a degenerate gambler ends up at this level. Because for me, the word degenerate, I don't know, it conjures up images of loss, not necessarily victory. Yeah. So I'm assuming you have some really good, strong traits in your makeup that keep the degenerate in check. It's almost like you're like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, or an oh, X-Man with a, like a totally. bad side. So what are the good points that are keeping this degenerate in check? Yeah, the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde is a good, a good one. Um, I, I suppress the, the, like, the beast inside me <laughs> beast. a lot of the time. Um, like, I, I think, Part of it is that I grew up very competitive in sports, so I have that in me, right? Like that's deep in my genetics, and um, and I learned, you know, when I was playing like soccer in high school, uh, um, that I had to like go to the gym at five in the morning, and I had to like practice my free kicks, and I had to, like, you know, go to training every day, and I had to eat right and all this stuff. And, and I learned that through both uh, football and through martial arts, I think, the discipline side. Mm. But at the same time, there was always this like crazy party animal like degenerate in me um, that would just like 
go to the complete other side of the spectrum and just like like some of my biggest like one of my biggest games in high school I like got so drunk the de next day that I was like in the warm-up just sweating all the alcohol out and uh I had to play a full 90-minute game right um hung over like super hung over and I did that like you know occasionally like I had it in me um so here it's like like yeah I, I get the outlet to both compete and get my like gamble on um and really the only way to get your gamble on here in these big ones and continue to get your gamble on is to play well so like so like I have to be disciplined I have to do that but then like you know I get I do get super excited to play high stakes and uh Play tournament, so I'm kind of killing two birds with one stone. So you're still getting the buzz, but you're you're balancing that with all the uh, positive disciplinary kind of uh, strengths that you've learned through sport and martial arts, which yeah. kind of like keeps the beast <laughs> yeah. and under under wraps as, yeah. as often as you can. Yeah, and then sometimes I just like it's like no poker. I'm just gonna go like a hundred percent degenerate. Do you, do you for feel like, like you, do you feel like you need that? Do you feel like you need yeah. to unleash the beast? Yeah. Yeah, I can't, like, I've, I've done, like, I do it all the time. My, my friends think I'm crazy. Like, I'll be like, six months, I'm just, like, I'm not even going to eat, like, anything that's, like, you know, no bread, no whatever, not a single beer, nothing. Um, and just train twice a day, study poker all day, you know, grind, whatever. And I'll do that, and then it's like a month, the wheels just fall off. Like, just this last month, I was in Vegas, and I was a disaster. Like, I was going out every night. Um, is, that a is that a deliberate, conscious decision? Yeah, now it or is. Are you, are you over in meltdown? No, now it is. Right. Totally conscious. Right. Um, yeah, I, I used to fight it. So I used to, like, I used to be, like, obsessive about discipline in, in the same way that I was with like athletics obsessive about the just the, the, the discipline and then when something went wrong like things went wrong I'd fall and I'd fall off the wagon and I'd just like become a disaster and then I'd feel bad and I'd feel like 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 a failure and and whatever and then like later on I just learned to embrace it like like I have both sides in me, and like, like I like, you know, going out and partying and drinking and eating all the food. Like, why, why should I feel guilt about it? Is, like, this, is this why you climb into the ring and beat the crap out of people or get the crap beaten out of you? Is is that never an extension of cutting loose with the kind of the energy and? No, I think that's the opposite. That's more discipline. That's more discipline. Yeah. Um, in fact. Like, part of the reason I took uh, the fight bet was because I was, I was in a moment, like, a difficult time. Um, I'd gone through a bad breakup and was playing these, like, crazy private cash games and, like, just my life was, like, you know, 30-hour sessions, 40-hour sessions in like bad atmospheres, drinking too much, partying too. And then, you know, when you break up, you just start going out every day. And, uh, and, and I saw that and I was like, okay, if I take a fight, 
it's gonna force me to like I'm not gonna party like I'll, like I know I like the second I set my mind to something I'll I'll be like as disciplined like the most disciplined that anyone can be so it's like all right I'll take the fight and uh and yeah it, like changed immediately and like I just started working out twice a day like eating super healthy like my body transformed I like a lot of good came out of that six months, um, mentally and physically, I think. Um, I want to talk a little bit about that. I mean, yeah. first of all, I want to say, like, I don't watch a, I don't watch that kind of stuff that often, but I did watch that fight uh, afterwards. And I've got to say, you're a good-looking guy. I was a bit worried after that for a bit, <laughs> you know, because uh, there was a lot of blood, you know? Yeah. Um, I want to ask you a question. In poker, you can have a fall from Greece, but poker has, has many, many doors you can just slip into and the, and the world won't even know what's going on, right? You, you can win a tournament and be 10 million in, in debt and nobody will know any of the wiser, they'll just celebrate the win. Mm -hmm. But to actually go out into a ring, get into a fight, get the worst of it, I mean, physically it looked brutal. I mean, I know it's different when you're fighting how yeah. you feel, but physically it looked brutal. Um, how, how, how did you feel about that, with the whole world seeing it? I mean, how, how did you feel about it? Devastating. Like, the worst... That was the worst night of my life. Like, I mean, post-fight. Like, yeah. just being in my room. Like, I, like I, I was with my friends and I was, I was okay. Like, I felt like... It's a weird mix of feelings, because I knew I lost the fight, I knew I lost some money, I was beat up. But it was cool to like get get it done. Like it, it, it felt. I was having a beer with my friends, just like shooting the shit and like telling stories, eating donuts, and I, and that was fine. Like you know, my nose was all clogged up with blood. It was really only a broken nose. Um, but then everyone goes to bed. You're on your own. I like go take a shower. I don't look at myself in the mirror and I like sit in bed like all night, can't sleep. Just all night, just being like, fuck. You know, I just like, I've never in my life um, put everything I had into something and failed. Like, you know, in poker, you don't, you don't go like, I'm gonna train super hard for this tournament and expect to win it. You know, that's yeah. just not the, that's you know, you, not you what know happens. You, you know you're gonna lose it somewhere. Yeah. Um, with this, it's like everything you think about 24-7 um, for until the fight happens. And so when it, when you lose and you lose, like you, it's not that I, it's not that I lost. Like I was, like I knew that it could happen. You know, I could get punched and knocked out. It's that I like didn't do anything that I was supposed to do. Like things just weren't didn't go my way like I I uh, I thought I should have won the fight like but I didn't like I I failed you know I didn't run into like everyone's like you didn't run into the Hulk <laughs> yeah everyone's like oh no but it was impossible like he's so big and blah 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 but like I know I know like I know I beat dudes like that in the gym like all the time and yeah. like my coaches know like my coaches were like the second the fight ended they're all like you need to get a rematch because you're gonna get like a lot of money like good odds and like you just fucked up this one but like right. you but you're you can beat them or whatever and um 
And so it was like, I let, I like let myself, I didn't feel like, like I got beat. I felt like I failed. Like I, uh, and that's like a tough pill to swallow. Um, when you're not used to it, you're not used to putting, like no one really knows what that's like. Like training day in, day out, day in, day out, thinking about it, day in, day out, strategizing, day in, day out, yeah. getting there, going through it, like past the nerves, past the fear, the cage locks, and then all your friends are there, like, and then you get the shit beat out of you, and it's like, man, that's a bad feeling. But, uh, and, and it was like a tough, like, bit of time where my mind was just like all over the place. Like, like even, even now, like, it's still tough to, to like, like if someone jokes about it, I'll be like, yo, what are you joking about? You know, yeah. like, um, and you're around with like, you go to poker tournaments and all these like morons are just around there. They're just like, say, feel that they need to say like whatever. There's a lot of trolling in, uh, especially if you're on social media and things like that. People, yeah. people have literally no, no idea. Yeah, social media was fine because I could just block people. But like in person, you're like, really? Did you just like think that you needed to say that? Um, and yeah, I was like, it was tough for a while. Um, but, but like everything, you know, um, like I probably learned a whole lot about, my, about myself and about like, yeah, just about myself um, from, then, from that experience. I think, you know, um, maybe it's a loser's mentality to say that it was a positive experience, but I think in some ways it was. Um, I still wish I would have won, but, but, uh, well, you experience the limits of what you can take physically, I guess, to some degree. Yeah. 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 I, I, that was cool to, to feel also. Cause you never, you, when I was watching it, you, you never, you, you never gave up. You just kept getting up and just kept going at it. And, yeah. you know, and that, that shows a very strong determination and courage and bravery and their positive attributes. Yeah. So like if I had come into the fight and like submitted him and in like a minute, I wouldn't know that about myself, you know, like, and maybe I'd go my whole life without knowing about that, that about myself. But now, like, at least I know that I got like the toughness and, uh, and I do think I've, at some point I'll fight again. Um, and that'll be cool to, to like I've competed since then in, yeah. in jujitsu and stuff, but like, but it'll be cool to see like how my mind changes when I know like, okay, I can, I can hang, like I can get beat up and keep coming. Like, yeah. like I'm not scared of that like, anymore. Yeah. Before then I was kind of scared of that. Um, so yeah. I think, I think anyone is, and anybody who says they're not is deluded. I mean, no, nobody wants to get punched or headbutted or booted in the face. I mean, there's always going to be a bit of fear around it. It's healthy. Yeah, of course, a hundred percent. But like, when you've never experienced it, the fear is of the unknown. It's like of like, how bad is it going to be? How bad is it going to hurt? Like, at what point will I give up and like, yeah. and like, you know, submit or whatever. And, uh, yeah. So it's cool to learn that, uh, that you could fight through stuff. So fighting, playing poker, Gambling, 
like you said, you're, you're here, five-star resort, playing in million-dollar poker tournaments. What piece of advice would you give to somebody watching this who wants to be successful? It doesn't have to be success in poker, but success in life. What are, what are some of the uh, advices you would give people? Discipline. I think that's the number one thing. And like really, really search for the meaning of discipline. Like, like it's not getting up and doing like the routine, like and being and do, being consistent every day. That's only a part of discipline. Like, right. uh, discipline's like a way, way greater thing uh, concept. I feel, um, and I've really explored it, especially since um, since the moment I took the fight. Um, and I've lacked it because I think um, I, th I think with poker wise, I was a little bit more of a natural than other people. Like I, I understood the game intuitively, mm -hmm. and like I had some, I don't know, like certain skill sets. I think that like allowed me to get by and do well, especially early on in my career, without uh, putting in much work. And now it's like those habits, you know, I, I had to change them, like, uh, because poker does take some work and, and in all sorts of different ways. It's not just about studying, it's about like playing and being able to play well for long sessions and, and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I think my piece of advice would be seek discipline. And finally, how does poker make you feel? Excited, always excited, yeah. Even the poker world excites me. Seeing whatever, anytime like, like they build a new studio for final tables and I'm like, man, that's exciting. Like, uh, you know, they announce a new, uh, a new series or they announce a new schedule, that's exciting. Uh, opportunities to play in bigger games or in different games, that's always exciting. It excites me. Awesome. JC Alvarado, thank you for your time, yep. your, your vulnerability and your openness. I really appreciate it. Yep. Thank you.